listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. Father Greg Sakowitz, the rector of the cathedral, and Mark Teresi, the executive director of Holy Name Cathedral. Welcome to the program, and uh, that was a great first half with uh, Father Mike Bradley. Really, what a joy, and he's such a wonderful witness as a priest for yes, folks. Yes, for all that he know. does, and speak, speaking of great priest and does a wonderful job and a great witness, we have with us Father Lou Camelli, because we have Election Day this year, has turned into election season. Millions of Americans taking COVID-19 precautions have already voted by mail or in person. It's not uncommon to find waits of 45 minutes or more at early voting stations. In fact, I voted yesterday with uh, Lori Doyle and Ken Hendrickson, parishioner, and Lori's on the staff at Cathedral. We, we voted over at Ogden School. No way. And I have to say this. Every member who was a volunteer, as you walked in the door and helped you through the, the line, they were so kind and gracious at Ogden School. I shout out to that whole group over there. But I voted yesterday and was, was was in and out within 20 minutes. And Father Luke Camelli, based at Holy Name Cathedral, recently wrote some reflections on the concept of faithful citizenship and the role it plays in the voting process. He has a new video out about voting and what it means. So Father Luke Camelli an outstanding, excellent priest, and lives down the hall from me, the cathedral. <laughs> Father Luke Camelli, welcome to the program this morning. Yes, welcome. Thank you, Father Greg, and thank you, Mark. Yes, welcome. It's uh, great to be with you again. Thank you. And I think, you know, Lou, the video, in fact, maybe you can tell our listeners if they would want to watch the, I think it was about a 12-minute video you did, which is right. terrific. How can they watch that? How do, you, well, how, do you, how do you get to it? Yeah, I, I think w when they watch it, they should it, not, ex first of all, what they should not expect is uh, the endorsement of, of a candidate, a party, or a platform, or saying this is the way you need to vote. Uh, what I'm trying to do is really, uh, it's an extension of what the bishops have done in their document on faithful citizenship, and that is to provide a context for people to form their conscience as they make a decision uh, and 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 vote, so that's that's really it. It's trying to bring together, you know, the different factors that are in play. Um, and I think actually the first thing that may be very important is that we have an obligation to uh, to vote. I don't know if people really realize this, but in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, there are three moral obligations that citizens have. And that is uh, to pay taxes, uh, to defend their country, and to vote. So this is actually unless you have to vote unless you're uh, legitimately impeded. So there's something pretty special about that. Uh, I don't know. There might be more I could say, but let me let me leave it at that. It's it's just a really important moment 
uh, for us, not only exercising our citizenship, but also our faith. And I think, Lou, it's so important to know that when people say, oh, I'm not going to vote, my vote doesn't make a difference. But it does. It oh, really absolutely. does make a difference. Mark, you can chime and in? That, no, and that it's a moral obligation that we have. What, what, do our, what, do our, what, is, what do our popes say in terms of a direction for us? It's interesting because your viewing your video should be part of the process probably for Catholics, like you take that sheet in with the judges and stuff. Well, this should be part of our preparation. What, what, do, our, what do the Holy Fathers say about where we yeah, should be in this? Well, well, you know, I, first of all, of course, he's he's not going <laughs> to involve himself in the American elections. Mm-hmm. He's, he's pope for the, the universal Catholic Church and the whole world. So it, it, that, in a certain sense, while it, it may be on his radar as an event and he's praying for our nation, uh, there's, there's no, you know, special directions that he's offering. But when he does speak uh, about engagement, uh, civic engagement and the participation uh, that we're called to, especially in, in democracies. Uh, he's, he's saying that this is done through the lens of faith, our convictions about uh, justice, peace, and, of course, life, and uh, respect and dignity for uh, each individual. So there's a, a kind of... Uh, of take or a perspective that is really important. Let me say this, too, that one of the problems we, we face, uh, you know, he just came out with an encyclical letter called Fratelli Tutti. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's it's rather lengthy, isn't it? Yeah, all, yeah, it's wonderful, though. It is lengthy, uh, but it's on social friendship and engagement. Uh, in other words, the call for us to... Um, to really be connected to each other and have a vision, a larger vision of our connections. Now, this, I think, uh, it, it may be an indirect message to us, but it's a powerful one because we find ourselves in this country so polarized, mm-hmm. so unable to talk to each other. And yet, at the foundation, at the basis of a democracy, is the capacity of people to to engage each other, to talk, to exchange in, in a way that uh, enriches, uh, we enrich each other in a mutual way. So uh, this is really, apart from the values that we uh, have, and, and they are they are significant, um, as I mentioned, it's about life and dignity of individuals and, and working for justice and peace, Apart from those values that are so important and rooted in the gospel, there's also the process of being open to each other and uh, being able to, to talk, to be in dialogue. Let me ask you this, Lou, and that is, talk for a moment about, I mean, I've never seen an election in my lifetime that is so volatile, and there's even anger right now among people, and you mentioned yeah. about being divisive and the division. But the need to maybe vote for the candidate and not issues. Yeah. Um, well, let, let me. Yeah. Let me how, how, how do you? How do you? How I mean, do you, how do you sort this apart? out? And you don't. It's not about yeah. just a particular issue, but you have candidates. And I always talk about candidates in terms of the competence, the character, collaboration, connection, yeah. uh, integrity, their philosophy, um, their performance in terms of a candidate, I mean, it's very complicated. 
But this year in particular, um, especially we do take the time to vote, but just talk about candidates, yeah. talk about issues, and how do you sort all this out? Well, let me, yeah, let me, let me back up just a bit because what you said initially is very important, that uh, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of um, edginess on the part of people in this whole process, and I think we need to understand that. Uh, we're in a context that, in, in some respects, is really and truly unprecedented. So there's the pandemic. There's um, an awakening to some of the social divisions, especially uh, racial injustice in, in our society. Um, there are there's economic hardship for a lot of people. I mean, they're they're just teetering on, on the brink of poverty. Uh, and then, on top of all of that, we have uh, a series of natural disasters, you know, like the fires in the West and the hurricanes in the South. So one of the one of the um, it's not just about the election, but it's the context of the election that I think is important to identify and realize that all of this kind of comes together and sets people on edge. It makes them both uh, anxious and angry, fearful and aggressive, and, and then in their approach. So that's, that's important, and I, I think I want to put that out there, and we need to realize that. So we're not necessarily, because of all this, we're not necessarily uh, cool and detached in our approach. That's where the the, the, the fire comes from and the, uh, the, the interaction. See, we don't, we, don't, we don't vote in a vacuum. No, part of a not larger at all, picture. not at all, no. But then in terms of the uh, voting not for, uh, I, I, how did you put it, not voting vote for, for the, issues? But, uh, vote for candidates, not issues. Well, yeah, I, I, and I'm not quite sure if it's possible to, to separate that out, but there, there is a, a way in which obviously we need to uh, apprise and evaluate the, the character of the candidates mm -hmm. we, we want to choose, uh, but often that's that is linked to the way in which they deal with uh, with issues so you know it's 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 a complex mix but let me also add to that that um, and then this is part of the whole frenzy of the electoral season and campaigning that it's it's as if wow everything is funneled into this election well, there's a lot at stake. There's no question about that. Um, but the election is, and I think we have to keep reminding ourselves of this, is one part, one piece of the whole process of civic engagement in democracy. I mean, once people are elected, we don't just, we shouldn't just say, okay, you're elected, you take, take the reins and just do what you're supposed to do or what you want to do or whatever. We, we gave you the vote. Now, no, not at all. We have to, once you vote, you have to keep your voice. And, and, and in fact, it's interesting, in one, uh, church documents, this is St. John Paul II, he said it's really obligatory for citizens in a democracy to keep their elected officials accountable. Keep them accountable. Good so, point. I like that. Yeah, it, so it's not just I think we have funneled so much into the uh, election voting moment that we forget there's a, a much larger piece there. We're going to take a little break, WNDZ, 750 AM. 
on your dial, Catholic Chicago. We're going to continue our conversation with Father Lou Camelli, Voting 2020. What is a Catholic to do? When we come back, Lou, what I want to ask you is, I'm at dinner sitting with two people going at it, one candidate, the other candidate, and I withdrew. I want you to coach me on how I might have... (laughs) <laughs> I go, might go, have reacted go, a little bit differently get the in dessert. that situation. Get the dessert. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We'll talk in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Okay. Domestic Violence Awareness Month. At Catholic Charities, we want to remind you that we are here for anyone who's a victim of domestic violence or anyone who has a concern about someone they think might be a victim. This annual recognition of domestic violence began in 1961. Domestic violence affects millions of people each year, both women and men of every race, religion, culture, and status. It includes physical, psychological, sexual, and emotional abuse inflicted in both subtle and overt ways. If you or someone you know are victims of domestic violence and you are looking for a place to heal and recover, call Catholic Charities at 773-935-3434. That's 773-935-3434. We are working to bring hope and healing. Do you have a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook Counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. You're invited to Keep Hope Alive 2020, the online benefit and celebration of the Archdiocese of Chicago's Immigration Ministry and their nationwide program, Pastoral Migratoria. Join us virtually on the evening of Thursday, October 29th for a night filled with music, camaraderie, and inspiring speakers. Cardinal Blaise Supich and Sister Norma Pimentel of Catholic Charities of the Rio Grande Valley, who was recently recognized as one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People, will be joining us to help keep hope alive. Now, more than ever, the immigrant community, both here in the Archdiocese of Chicago and across the United States, needs the leadership formation and accompaniment that Pastoral Migratoria provides. Registration is free, and sponsorship and advertising opportunities are available. Visit www.keephopealive2020.org for more information and to register. Again, that's www.keephopealive2020.org. We're back, Catholic Chicago, WNDZ 750. 
on your dial, 7.50 a.m. on your dial. Back with Father Luke Camelli voting. And we are live streaming, Mark. And we are masked and at a safe social distance. Very safe distance. We'll keep that distance. And all, Lou is very safe. He's in a day. different location. Yeah, I'm very exactly. safe, yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, voting. 2020, what's okay. a Catholic to do before the break? I had mentioned a real scenario where sitting at dinner and two people, each of them have their own presidential candidate, and there's no budging on where they're and all. And I found myself totally withdrawing. Give me a little coaching, Lou, on how might I have handled that better than just simply withdrawing? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I noticed in the uh, in the newspaper the other day there was some advice uh, for people, like friends who have different political positions, and uh, and the, the advice was, don't talk about politics. Ah, you know, change the is, subject. I mean, that's and in a certain sense, that's that's the strategy. Yeah, I mean, by withdrawing, that was your your response, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you want something more. I think we all do. You know, uh, Lou, just a little and, sidebar. I was at a dinner party about four years ago before the last election, and a fist fight broke out. Wow. Oh, wow. I mean, they're not only arguing, these two guys, but they started duking it out. I mean, they were going toe-to-toe, slugging it out, and I thought to myself, this is crazy. Was it a priest gathering? You no. Know, <laughs> <laughs> a bishop's <laughs> gathering, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just two guys going at it. They had to break them up, and I thought to myself, That's scary. how sad. But again, getting back to uh, you know, Mark's you know, question in yeah. terms of when it comes to politics, it's, it's almost like I'm not going to change your mind. You're not going to change my mind. Right. So how yeah. do you deal with that at a gathering? Especially when you're talking well, about Catholic. Sure. Catholic. Dogma or restrictions or guidance? Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I mean, I I think there's basically one strategy, at least one that I think uh, can be helpful, and that is to ask questions Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, to keep seeking clarification. Um, But you see, one of the the issues, and it's fundamental, is that when you when you do ask questions and when you keep asking people to clarify what they mean, what they hope for, um, I, 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 at the, what that signifies underneath is that you believe that there's something you can actually learn, mm-hmm. or that there might be some way in which you change. If if you don't think you have anything to learn, or that you're completely unwilling to change at all. Well, then, and then it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, the whole nature of, of dialogue is is based on the uh, assumption that no single person has it all together. Exactly. And 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 so, but but I do think that uh, asking questions and seeking clarifications that's important. Now, one other thing, <clears throat> I think, is to try to go deeper and identify uh, common values. Because if you press people, uh, people of goodwill, and you, you keep going deeper and deeper um, about what they value, you'll understand and, and realize that they basically value the same thing. Now, implementing that, getting to the realization of those values, that, that's another question. And that's where people can go off in, in different directions. But if you can come to terms 
with the common values that uh, people hold, I think that's just real helpful. And I think, you know, so, Mark, Lou, that is outstanding. You hit on keywords, learn and change. Mm-hmm. But I've seen yeah. people get into a discussion, turns into a battle. They could care less about learning mm-hmm. or changing. It's, and, this, and this is a bad example. I'm a diehard Bears fan. You're not going to make me a Packers fan. You could talk till the cows come home. You know, I'm not. I don't like the Green Bay Packers. I never will. Yeah. You know, that grants the football maybe a poor example, but the same thing here. But not one issue that you hear over and over again as part of an election is a whole issue of abortion. Yeah. And yeah. I think for I think safe for Catholics. Say something about that, where many people will vote because it's one issue. This whole election is one issue. It's abortion. Nothing else matters. Now, I certainly am against abortion. You know, pro-life, hundred percent. But so when they on that topic, it's like there's no talking, or there's no variance because it's one issue. So say something about that if you don't mind, Lou. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really very troubling uh, because it's it's not not just abortion, but it's a kind of um, a direction that we've taken of abortion without any limitations or and then also the the prospect of publicly funded abortions i mean so it's 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 complicated mm-hmm. and it's uh it really is uh, but sure of course i'm, I'm pro life i mean this is, we've got to be that way now let me let me just speak this i hope i can get to make this clear because it it's it's a little bit complicated but it's but it's very important and, and, the, and when the bishops put out a new edition of their letter, actually it's the same letter, faith, uh, faithful citizenship, but they, they added a new uh, um, note at the beginning. And, and here's what they said. I, I've got it right here. It says, the threat of abortion remains our preeminent priority because it directly attacks life itself. It's our preeminent priority. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I, I think that, that, to be honest with you, I think that was an unfortunate choice of word. The word preeminent. That, Why? Preeminent, yeah. Early on, Cardinal Bernadine spoke of a consistent ethic of life in, in which he, uh, he linked uh, questions surrounding abortion and euthanasia and capital punishment and care for the poor and, and so forth. And people criticized him uh, severely, and they said, well, you know, you're just leveling all these life issues. Well, he, he listened, and he changed. And he said, no, I think what I mean to say is that uh, the question of the right to life and connected with abortion is foundational. It's foundational. If you're not born, <laughs> there aren't many other things you can do with your life. You, know, you see what I'm saying? Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's foundational. When, on the other hand, and I, and I think it needs special attention because it is so critical, so basic, so foundational, but when you use the language of preeminence, that this is the preeminent issue, well, then what you have is different life issues in competition with each other, and that's not, not particularly good. It's not helpful. You have lives in competition with each other, and in a, a kind of strange way, that's, that's almost like the pro-choice, so-called pro-choice position, life of the, of the woman versus life of the unborn child. So I think we have to watch out for that 
preeminent issue. Um, Let me ask you, so Bishop, when, you, when you talk preeminent, does that mean, of course, when we go back to Cardinal Bernardine, the seamless garment, all those issues. Yep. So if you say that abortion is the preeminent issue, therefore, does that mean you are downplaying, you're putting on a different level well, of yeah, euthanasia? I mean, I it, can, it can be understood that way. And, like, for example, Bishop McElroy said abortion is a preeminent issue, but not the only one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me, I, I've got here, a, mm-hmm. this, is a very, this is in my video, too, but it's Pope Francis. Here's what he says. Our defense of the innocent unborn needs to be clear, firm, and passionate. For at stake is the dignity of a human life, which is always sacred. Equally, the- sac- equally sacred, however, are the lives of the poor, those already born, the destitute, the abandoned and underprivileged, the vulnerable, infirm, and elderly exposed to covert euthanasia, the victims of human trafficking, new forms of slavery, and every form of rejection. Uh, I mean, I think that's really well mm-hmm. put. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's he's looking at the foundation, absolutely, innocent, unborn life. But then he's also saying <laughs> there's life already born that deserves and, and requires our attention, care, and respect. Now, Lou, we've actually run out of time, believe it or okay. not. I want to say this has been outstanding. I want to thank in a very special way Father Lou Camelli, who has done much writing in many videos, does a great job at the cathedral and uh, the wider community. Uh, Lou, thank you very much on this very important topic. And again, as you stressed earlier, folks, please take the time to vote on election yeah. day or by mail or early. Um, please, please. And a last word, yes. pray. And pr- pray. pray. Exactly. So thank pray you, Father Lou Camelli. Okay. Terrific. Thanks for joining us. We'll also You're thank you in a special right. way. Co-host Mark Teresi, great being with you, Mark. Thank you. Great job of our producer, which is Vince Girasoli, and our Two engineers today, Michael May and Javi Garcia. Michael and Javi, great job as usual. For our listeners, may God bless all of you. Be safe. God bless. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.